Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. So today on Vulnerable, I have the pleasure of speaking with Rivka Reyes. She is an actress and a singer and a musician. Um, she lives here in L.A., but, you know, we never crossed paths. And I'm sad to say uh, she's such a bright light. I was happy to connect with her through social, finally. Um, a lot of people know her from her work in um, School of Rock. Um, and she has overcome so much that I really enjoyed connecting with her. And I hope you will enjoy this episode of Vulnerable. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I mm. feel weird post the full moon yesterday. It was like mm. a super moon in I Aquarius. And yeah, I've, they've been feral today <laughs> is the only way I can describe it. I love feral. Not in like a horny, oh. can I say horny? Yeah, you Not can in say a horny way. Just feral, like, I don't know. I feel like um, a raw nerve almost, like easily agitated. But I then I, I am fine now because I went home and I like sort of meditated. Nice. <laughs> I should meditate because I'm feral always. <laughs> and I just um, I just drink more caffeine. Like that's yeah. just my solution to everything is more caffeine. What's your poison? Uh, well, Diet Coke at the moment until uh, the FDA tells me that it's carcinogenic, even though I know it's carcinogenic, I still drink it. Yeah, I mean, I don't sometimes know. you just need a good DC. <laughs> like, it's rough. I had one last night. I went to the movies, and I had a, a DC with a splash of cherry in it. Oh, it was, gosh, so good. Yeah, but then yeah. I was up all night. I yeah. also saw a scary movie, so. What did you see? Oh, were we allowed well, to say? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really scary movie okay. about some, like, paranormal stuff. Okay. And I Oh, my gosh, definitely... I can't watch scary movies and then just be like, okay, peace, I'm going to go to bed now. Yeah. I Do you know to... what happened to me? Okay, so I had to go to bed with a knife next to me. Um, because I, I'm pretty sure that this this studio that we work from is potentially haunted. I don't know. Ooh. I've been told by someone that th other people have thought that it is. Um, because Hollywood is a really dark place. Can it's we haunted about? a lot. There are a lot of places in Hollywood where you walk around and you sort of feel some kind of a presence. And mm -hmm. or well, I'll speak from the eye, but. I'm very sensitive to that sort that sort of stuff, like mm -hmm. you know, lingering limbo spirits. Mm -hmm. And this movie that I saw last night was very much about limbo spirits, and mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, oh I know what one one is. Yeah, and I then after there was a all hand? day, yep, there's okay. a hand. <laughs> and all day today, and and yesterday, even after the movie, like I walked in the bathroom and there was this like little old lady, and she was like hunched over, and like I was like, Is she dead? Am I seeing dead people now? <laughs> And all day I've sort of been wondering, like I was at the gym earlier and I was like, that guy's dead. That guy's, dead for sure. that guy's oh, no. like a limbo spirit trying to so, trick me. So dark. Yeah. So dark. Yeah. Uh, See, I already I said I wouldn't go dark and I've already gone feral. way dark. I'm feral. I'm having like Blame the moon. It's I blame all of my like bad personality traits on the moon. <laughs> and I being mean, a child actor. We should do both of those. That things. too. Yeah. And an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, same. Yeah. Same. So do you what what's your tell me about your zodiac sign? And I'll tell Ooh. you mine. So I'm a Leo. <laughs> okay. Leo's son. My birthday's on August 18th. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and then I'm a Scorpio rising oh. and an Aries moon. Girl, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. What about you? 
So I am a Pisces, uh, March 20th. So I'm a cusp March 20th. And so technically I am Pisces. My Venus is in Pisces too. So even if I was an Aries, I'm still like such. You're very Piscean. I am a Pisces. For that sure. was my middle school best friend's birthday as well. March 20th? March 20th yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. And she's very Pisces. Yes, very Pisces. But um, there's a little touch of Aries, but I would say way more of that emotional and also water, like mm -hmm. with um, especially Pisces, they they tend to have problems with alcohol. Very watery, very dreamy. Yeah, very not wanting to live in this world. Mm -hmm. Very fantasy oriented. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna guess Aries for you, so that's that's wild that you're that you're is like, right. How cool! I take that as a I, I do take that as a compliment when somebody says Aries, even though I'm not super deep into zodiac. I did just recently download. The co-star? Mm -hmm. Co-star. No. What is it called? Is it called co-star? Yeah, co-star. Oh my there's gosh. There's co-star. Even... There's the pattern. There's Chani. I have all three. Um, <laughs> and I'm extremely codependent with astrology. I feel like I um, had a phase where I was just like, oh, that's just because I'm a Leo. And I'd like blame all of my, you know, issues on my sign. Yeah. But then I got like a full birth chart reading mm -hmm. where they looked at all the houses and all the transits. And they also like did side by side the date that I got sober next to my birth chart and did sort of the sinistry or the transits around that. And that was crazy. What's what's sinistry? I what think it's another way to say like compatibility. Um, Interesting. But it, it seemed kind of like from what the astrology reader was telling me that like if I had kept drinking, I would have absolutely died young. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I- You wouldn't I, have just I, been pickled yeah. like all of like the rock stars and the Rolling Stones. Pickled is my favorite little analogy <laughs> for like the the wet brain or the, the alcoholic brain. Because yeah. it's like, I really am still kind of obsessed with the idea of one day going back to becoming just like a regular cucumber, but I can't. I've sort of pickled. <laughs> <I> pickled. <laughs> wow, it could be like, that's a really great auto, like a, what is it, a memoir mm. title. I can't, I can't do it. My friend, um, my friend Elise has a one woman show called Pickled. So oh, it's can't take taken. it from, it's hers. It's hers and it's great. And like speaking of, I was seeing from your bio, which I, I didn't actually know, you're kind of like an indie darling in, in musical mm -hmm. comedy here yeah. in LA. Like I know you've been in New York and Chicago, but what, what, what is, I didn't know about that. Well, um, f when I was in college, I was doing like a normal like a regular theater program. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't learning much. I felt like I had learned a lot on set on how to act organically and in the moment. Mm -hmm. And in theater school, they're kind of like bluffing you to feel bigger things so you could have bigger stage like feelings and mm -hmm. uh, reactions. And I was just like, this sucks. And I started doing improv classes at IO and Second City in Chicago. Oh, cool. And I fell in love with that and mm. felt like that was really my like undergrad education experience um, was doing improv and sketch and like writing my own material. And I joined a sketch group. We were like a musical comedy sketch group. The name was so bad. The, the group was called Cupid Has a Heart On. And it was all like <laughs> sex and dating related musical sketch. And the group was run by this like misogynistic, narcissistic, racist, asshole pig. Of course. Of course, as they all are, as <laughs> most of them are. And anytime I would write a new piece, he would go, oh, that's like a little too feministy for us. Or, what? You know, no. that's just like a little too serious. And I was like, it's satire. 
That was in Second City? That this was the impression? Was at, this was outside of Second City, but okay. this guy was like one of the heads of like the beginner improv program at Second City. And he also oh. was like a program head at um, Columbia College. He was teaching a lot of young girls. And when, you know, some news kind of came out about him being a perv, which he was, um, I kind of came forward with some of those experiences that I had while working with him as a director where, you know, he would like, you know, sort of like, you know, force the girls in the sketch group to like sit on his lap oh, or like gross. weird, you know, gross shit like that. And, you know, I was the only queer woman on the team. So he'd be like, when are you going to write a song about scissoring? And I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Plus, like, it's not the only way to have sex as a lesbian. Um, <laughs> and like, it's, I don't know, it's just like really weird uh, vibes. And, you know, when are you, you going to write a song about how you're the slutty one in the group? And I'm like, why, what, why am I here? And I quit Tone the group yeah. and I took the material that was deemed too feminist for Cupid Has a Heart On. And I started doing like solo stand up, but mostly like musical comedy sort of in a Bo burnham way or like how Sarah Silverman will sometimes do musical comedy or Garfunkel and Oates. And it was just me and a guitar. And I, I did a lot of that in Chicago and sort of made a name for myself outside of the like one thing that everybody knew me for. Mm. And it was nice for a while to be like, butthole girl rather than the bass chick from School of Rock, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm wearing my little like Metallica shirt. We love Metallica. I mean, it's so funny when I first got this, my husband really loves punk. He was a punk rocker in OC and like the- Hot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's that guy. I mean, he actually has a really dumb tattoo that says punk in blue flames on like the back of it. It was one of those like stupid- Guy Does it look bad? Tattoo. It looks bad, which oh. is hot, right? Yeah. Hot, way, ugly punk tattoos are truly punk. I really do <laughs> like that. Yeah. I see guys at the gym that I work out at all the time with like not, like bad tattoos. And I still sort of am like, <laughs> they're a certain age. Hot. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, sorry. I'm getting flustered talking about his tattoos. That's so funny. And speaking of tattoos, you have really awesome I'm covered. tattoos. I'm sort of covered in tattoos Let's at this point. Let's talk about your tattoo. I have only one cool tattoo. This is my cool tattoo, and it matches one of his. And it right? says something in Italian. I'm uh, It's Latin for oh. um, my love. Oh, cute. My life. Something like that. I, I should think fucking Amica's know. But yeah. is love or friend. Mm -hmm. Same root as amigo, I assume. Yes. Um, love of mine. Not me knowing Latin. Oh, my God. I did take Latin <laughs> for two years in high school, and I did. it did help me a lot on my SATs and ACTs, to be honest. Yeah, because it's so rudimentary to everything else. Yeah, right? you learn about the roots of, of all the words, basically, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we have. Um, kind of reminds me of, like, a Greek wedding where the dad's like, it's Greek. <laughs> We're like every <laughs> word. Um, but yeah, I was sort of like a Latin snob for a while. But yeah. Really? Um, is that your only tattoo? No, I have. I also have a, a really shitty millennial tattoo. What is it? Too. Uh, I'll have to show you after okay. we wrap. <laughs> it's on your butt. Nope. Oh. It's, nope. it's okay. actually on my hip bone. Okay. Um, like right in between there. It's mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. my right hip bone. I'll tell you the story. Sure. Yeah. It basically looks like the Carl's Jr. star. And since I've had two babies, it's like really now stretched out. Um, it's stretched back, but it never really quite stretches back. Mm -hmm. And so it, it was supposed to be. It, this was before I even lived in California. So I didn't know about the Carl's Jr. star. I was. No, I definitely knew the Carl's Jr. star. I don't know what <laughs> I was thinking. Honestly, I was 19. I was in the West Village. And some totally cracked out guy was like, I'm going to do this and like shakily like made it. And um, oh, no. I love it, actually. 
because yeah. I call it like my inner child in a weird way. Yeah. Well, every tattoo has a story and like is representative for me at least of like that part of my life that I was in. Like mm-hmm. my first tattoo, I can't show you either because it's on my titty. Um, and it's of a brass. Well, you could. I could, but I'm not going to. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's called consent, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> the power of no, which I teach my girls all the time. No means no. Ugh, that's good. That's good. That's good for kids to be learning that now. <laughs> I love seeing content like, you know, moms on TikTok brushing their kids' hair and going, okay, time for our affirmations. And the girls mm. are like, no is a full sentence. That makes me cry. Oh, <laughs> it's I beautiful. I love that we're on the same algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn I feel like child probably all child algorithm. stars are on the same <laughs> algorithm. Um, yes, they are for sure. Yeah. Um, but and then my fiance is on like alien TikTok right now. Like she's big on like conspiracy theory stuff. And yeah. she's very much on the, the alien side of TikTok right now. Congratulations. Thank you. This is recent. This is very recent. Yeah. We were in Palm Springs at a film festival and I popped the cue. Yeah. I popped the cue. I know butch of me, but um, <laughs> it was, it was really, yeah, I had bought the ring um, a couple months uh, prior to that day and mm-hmm. I had brought it with me on a couple of trips being like, maybe this will be the moment. But mm. I kind of intuited like when would be the right time. And there was just this moment where I was just like, it's now. Mm. And I did it. And she said, yes. So, you know, people want to like hate on Zodiacs and 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 stuff like that. And I, I, I understand it. Like I hear it. Like living a practical m- m- like or stoic mindset or whatever. Not that stoicism and Zodiac don't have to be mutually exclusive or something like that. But I think that if it works for you, just let it work for you. Yeah. Like you, it, it's like the way I feel about people that don't necessarily vibe with my content. If it's not for you, then scroll away. Scroll yeah, past. you literally don't have to follow me if you, you don't like it. And you like don't- I've been posting a lot of strike content, mm-hmm. and um, somebody like commented, "It's like if you don't like the conditions, then get a real job." I'm like, okay, like <laughs> shut up, <laughs> block, fuck off, block, girl, block. I know, yeah, I know. but I'm like, I don't really block people like that unless they're like absolutely being like racist or like transphobic mm-hmm. or misogynistic or like using slurs on my page. But mm-hmm. like for me, something like get a real job as like, okay, lol, thanks for the thanks for the numbers, you know, yeah, thanks yeah, for the yeah. comment. Thanks for the views. I mean, it's only a matter of time, unfortunately. I feel like those people are repeat offenders. So I'm like very like. I don't know. Maybe I'm vengeful and it makes me feel really good to just block people. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, like, I just block. I just block, block, yeah. block. Yeah. It does feel nice to block. It does. It feels empowering because it's like, you, it, like I said, it's not necessarily for you. So same with the Zodiac stuff. Like, my husband hates it. Mm. And I think it also kind of triggers me into the mindset. Like, I gave a bunch of money to a psychic when I was like, <laughs> it wasn't a real person of spirituality, which I want to make sure that people know that I know that I feel like there are people there that are intuitive and are connected to a higher power in a way that's Mm -hmm. like, I get that. I never wanted to like shit on the community of actual spiritual people. I would never want to do that. So when I did like a YouTube video detailing like all this stuff that happened, where like I basically was swindled by gypsy type folks to to like get money, but it was my own doing. Mm -hmm. There's like the people that are like, how can she just be so rude about the spiritual community? And then like, she did this to herself and, there was, yeah. there was a lot of opinions, right? But my husband is into stoicism, but he was also so practical. He's in the military and he's just mm. like really, really like theoretical. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't, I, I'm not like that. I'm a little bit more magical thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to Zodiac, I actually really feel so comforted by it. Yeah, it feels nice that 
for me at least like when i see my entire sign is going through the same thing right now it's not just me i feel less alone mm -hmm. i think that the things like yeah things like astrology or uh human design or whatever all of the things that we use to diagnose ourselves and then you know bringing it even broader to like having a certain mental health diagnosis or whatever like um the the current like rise in like people finding out they have adhd or like autism or you know some form of neuro spiciness or mm. neuro magicalness mm -hmm. like on tiktok right now mm -hmm. is yeah it's nice because when i see somebody else with a very specific problem or personality trait or a quirk that i have i go oh i'm not alone i'm not crazy i'm just a leo with a scorpio <laughs> rising and an aries moon or oh i'm not crazy i just have adhd i i try to post some of the tools that I've learned in therapy or share or write about some of the tools that I've learned in therapy. I mean, I made a whole fucking short film about it, you yes. know, like about the, the, you know, no bad parts and about how, you know, we have an inner saboteur, this voice that kind of tells us like, you're crazy. You're not enough. <laughs> you peaked when you were 10. <laughs> um, and what does yours look like? Well, she's hot. She's hotter than Is me. Is she really? She's much hotter than me. Like, I almost feel like she's like, if Megan Fox and Angelina Jolie had a baby. My God. She probably also like <laughs> looks like and sounds like all of the other actresses that I've been compared to and who have beat me out to other roles all at once. And this is your inner critic. This is my voice that, yeah, this is my inner critic. Okay. And she looks like everything that I'm not and everything that I want to be. Ugh. And so it makes it that more, that much more seductive to listen to that voice. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, instead of being like, fuck you to the voice, it's much easier for me to just integrate it in a way like and just be like, OK, what is what is beneath this like message that I'm getting from that that feeling of of you're not enough or that feeling of you're being psycho or like that feeling of you're ugly or you're never going to work again is usually fear or like a almost like a negative fantasy towards myself. Mm hmm. That like everything, that everyone who was um, a bully to me in my life was right. Mm -hmm. And that gives me the confirmation that I'm a piece of shit. And mm -hmm. like, I can either believe that lie or be like, yeah, that's cute. I'm going to do something else and actually keep working and keep writing my music or my uh, films or my essays or whatever. So, and speaking of music, which I want to get into, um, like how, oh God, I hate asking this from such, such, like we've been having such a great deep conversation and then I'm like, let's bring it back because like, just trust me I when trust I you. ask you this. So what was it like for you um, kind of getting into the biz with uh, School of Rock? Like the yeah. audition and then we'll talk about what happened after too. 100%. Well, I was. We still didn't do a tattoo, tattoo tour. tour we can get to it. Okay. Um, we can always come back to that. I'm the worst. I'm it's the worst. Okay. okay. It's, hey, you're human. Do you want to know what my inner critic looks like? Because yeah. I did the artist's way. Yeah. And that was really helpful um, in between like- I love the artist's way. Al-Anon and like yeah. other things that I should have really been in AA when I was an Al-Anon. Um, but I did do the artist's way at one point. Mm -hmm. And my inner critic, when I started to like meditate on it, was a adorable pink, like fuzzy, little cute like you just want to run up to it and snuggle with it mm. and then the the then the the 
the smile would come out and they were razor sharp, terrifying teeth. That's my- I inner. love that. That's my inner critic. And it's pink. It's like Barbie pink. Pink is important. Mine, yeah. Mine also is like decked out in Barbie core, like pink, slutty, sexy outfits that I- Rivka could never pull off, but she can. And that what are you makes talking about? You have the most even more thing pink you. nails right now. Well, it's crazy because now <laughs> I, I know for a fact that I can pull off the Barbie core fantasy and the, you know, high femininity of it all. I'm mm-hmm. kind of in my like girlina era, mm-hmm. like being hyper feminine and not, you know, feeling any type of way about it. And mm-hmm. It feels really good to not do it for men, which is nice. Um, yeah, because like so much of my like, okay, well, we'll get into the 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 business of it okay, all because great. this this is related to right. All See, that. I'm actually not the worst. I'm you're sort of the best. I'm sort of the best. Okay, we'll <laughs> or well, we're right sized. How about that? <laughs> well, I I was uh, brought up as a musician. I mean, my parents put me in music classes when I was two, um, learning, you know, basic stuff like rhythm and, you know, pitch and whatever. Were they musicians? Not really. My mom can sing. My mom's a karaoke queen. She's Filipino. So, you know, we are kind of legally required to be good at karaoke if we're Filipino. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing. Um, (laughs) but yeah, my my parents put me in guitar lessons when I was four. I got to pick the instrument. And um, originally I was like, maybe violin. I don't know. Mm. That sounds Strings. right. And uh, I tried it and was like, hate this. And I was like, I'd rather just like hold it and not have to do the bow of it mm-hmm. all. And they were like, well, we have the instrument for you. <laughs> um, and I played guitar. I did classical training and group lessons and was very, very into that. But also I loved movies and TV growing up. I was obsessed with movies, TV, you know, of all genres. Mm-hmm. I and and then when I was like nine, I had this um NPR radio show gig called From the Top and School of Rock's casting went to them to find kids who could actually play. Cause that was like a big thing that they went uh, to NPR? They went to specifically this show called From the Top, oh, which like featured um, kids, like kid prodigies who could play music really well. And they plucked me from that and um, Robert Sai, who played Lawrence, the mm-hmm. piano player. And then the other two boys who were in the band were pulled from this like rock music camp that mm. they had in like the Midwest. Oh, wow. And that was my first audition for anything. And I booked it, which gave me such a complex because I was like, oh, this is going to be easy then. I can be a movie star, mm-hmm. go off. And then I wasn't. So <laughs> like, I ultimately like only did School of Rock. And then there were many, many years before I did another feature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's still, you know, to this day, my biggest credit. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, not to shit on the like beautiful indie projects I've been on, but like that is still the thing that I am known for, which is great. But also I was- You're supposed to get over it and never talk about it again. Yeah. You're supposed to have a normal job. It's funny. Like the balance, it's funny. There's like a lot of people that absolutely love the nostalgia. I'm sure you relate Mm -hmm. to this. Like that love the nostalgia content on TikTok, Instagram, whatever. And they're like, yes, oh my God, that movie changed my life, yada, yada. You inspired me to pick up an instrument. I'm like, love that. Love that. And then there are the comments that are like, you had one role in one movie when you were 10 years old. It's been 20 years, grow up and like stop talking about it. Nobody gives a fuck. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of live in a state of, the profile picture is in your inner critic. 
<laughs> You're like, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> I really, I really want to take like a very firm stand against that kind of hate speech. And I actually kind of want to start, um, I kind of want to start reporting it because yeah. it's, 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 it's very, it's harassment. It's bullying. Um, you know, it's basically telling people to like, just not even exist. And I, I, yeah. I really don't like it. Um, I'm about to repost because this guy did something and I duetted it. And I was like, you're bullying people that were literally at risk when they were kids. And now yeah. they're just trying to find supplemental income and, and engage with their fans in a way that matters. Yeah. And I, and I, and so I did duet that. And you know what the messed up part is, is that his, his post has like 24 million views right now or some shit. And I'm like, how is that even possible? He posted it like, like four, four days or something like that ago. And it went viral and the, you know, I was tagged and I'm sure your name was probably mentioned. Everybody's name, whoever has talked about something, there's like 5,000 comments, just a deep well of hatred towards- Oh my God, I want to see it. Okay, I'll show it to you. And then I'll see my response and you will love it because I call him a fucking hater. Yeah, <laughs> haters like- It's like insult humor, honey, will is not always funny. exist. Like my, one of my favorite acting teachers always said, like, haters are good. Like, you know, let them hate on you. Like- because it'll make your dedication to the craft stronger until it doesn't. And like, if you can't handle it, like that's fine. Like take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you need to like go offline, take a break, whatever. I think um, if you love yourself enough, it doesn't you give matter. yourself enough time away from it, even if it's happened to you. I don't care if it's who we are or anyone else who's dealing with hatred. Like if you give yourself time to like heal and process that that's someone else's issue, yeah. I think that for too long, when it comes to like being in the arts young, like you start to think that like everyone's opinion of you, literally every single person's opinion of oh, you yeah. matters I mean, more than your Do you your remember IMDB message boards? Oh yeah, they were- My mom- They were just like this. Would read the comments to me sometimes. And I was like, I, I was a kid, so I didn't know like that I could say, mom, this really doesn't feel good. Like, please stop. But would I would just like that? let her read the comments to me. Mm -hmm. And some of them would be like, you know- she's amazing, uh, she was my favorite character. And then others would be like gross men being like, she's gonna be so hot when she's 18, starting the countdown now. And that is what led me down sort of this path of like, you know, compulsory heterosexuality, you know, dating men, uh, even though I knew that that wasn't what I was interested in and over sexualizing myself and objectifying myself in ways that were not in alignment with what I wanted for myself. And it led me to drinking a lot, doing a lot of drugs so I can enjoy sex like with men and ultimately led me to where I am now, which is a secret society of alcoholics who are anonymous. Um, so <laughs> like, uh, like- I and, love it. We're a secret society? Yeah, oh in a way, God, yeah. Um, and secret I'm so society. grateful for that because if I hadn't done, you know, the child star thing for the moment that I did it, um, I wouldn't have had this crazy adolescence. And I'm grateful also that I wasn't like, that I didn't book Hannah Montana or whatever. Like, Did you audition? Oh, I was in the running, girl. I was in the running for that, like Unfabulous. There were a bunch of other shows where they basically needed like girl musician. Um, huh. And ultimately, you know, lost it out. But I don't see it as a loss my mom definitely did, of course. Like mm -hmm. she, you know, has like a 
Which you know, 20 year long resentment towards Emma Roberts and Miley Cyrus. But I don't feel any of that towards either of them. Mm-hmm. I love them both because yeah. I, I'm like, we went through the same shit probably. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful that I got to have sort of like a wild high school through early 20s in private without being in the like public eye and being just with my friends in Chicago who were like, you good? Like, Mm -hmm. you don't seem good. Mm -hmm. Well, like, if you want to stop drinking, there are resources. Here is a number you can call and here is a place you can go that's in a church basement with bad coffee that ultimately <laughs> will holes. make you feel better. Some stale donut holes. You know, and, and then when I moved out here, I, I moved out here for a play. I was in the um, Chicago cast of Spamilton, which mm-hmm. is like the Hamilton parody. And I did that for a couple months in Chicago. And mm-hmm. then they brought me to LA for the LA production. And I overheard a girl saying, I don't really drink because it shows up on camera. And I was like, I have to stop drinking immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I they love. say sometimes they say stay for the the vanity, uh-huh. uh huh. Come I'm, for the vanity, stay for the sanity. I and that's that. that is like what got me sober was that girl's comment uh-huh. that wasn't even about me, but I took it and I was like, I have to stop drinking now, and I did. And then like a couple months after that, I got really invested in like the like community that the rich like sober community that LA has to offer. And it's actually really, there's a lot of really cool people. There's also yeah. some predators. I'm not going to lie. For sure. Because I was, um, I was, uh, in Al-Anon and, um, I was drunk. And so, like I said, I should have been an AA, <laughs> but this individual who had spoken at a meeting the week prior, um, who owned the bar <laughs> saw that I was extremely drunk at last call brought me downstairs and sexually, sexually, you know, harassed me mm-hmm. in, in a way that was extremely, actually he assaulted me. So I, I remember like just being like, oh my God, like even in these safe rooms, it's not, it's okay. It's not about the rooms. It's, I remember somebody telling me, I was like, will you always be there for me? I don't know why I said that, but it was like somebody who I. Sounds very Al-Anon thing to say. <laughs> Uh, oh my god i love you so much oh my god i love you so much what addicted to people place things what are you talking about crazy so it was a guy it was it was an older gentleman who i was definitely projecting like a father figure thing on i did that a lot Mm. um but uh he was so kind and he looked at me goes look i may fail you but the program won't and so yeah humans are fallible i mean that's the thing humans are people and like sponsors mentors therapists are human and so like for me, a person who is so deeply beyond human aid in certain things, uh, like in regards to people, places and things that I am ultimately powerless over. The only thing I am powerful over is my actions, my thoughts, usually not even my first thought. My first thought is usually very unreliable and chaotic. And I have to go, okay, what's that thought? Oh, not that. I can't go down that path because if I go down the path of my first thought, which for example, if I get a self tape, my first thought is always, I'm not right for this. Uh-huh. Um, I see the breakdown. I go, oh, they want that. I have tattoos. I won't book. Um, <laughs> exactly. Which is so stupid and yeah. not not stupid, but like just so silly. So irrational. It's very irrational. Yeah. It's completely just self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. Then I can go, okay, wait, what's the second thought? The second thought is I want look the- at the breakdown. Yeah. Read the breakdown and be that character for the five minutes of this self-tape and really think that character's thoughts for five minutes. Like seriously, like that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. And just work your ass off if you really do want this. Mm-hmm. 
And then do you check in with yourself? So like I actually have I've I've mentioned this before on the pod. I have like a really um, complicated relationship with any of my talents. Like I think it's very hard for me to be like, I'm going to be a singer and I'm going to sing. And even though I know that that's like I've been on that Broadway. you're an amazing singer. You've been on Broadway. I've been. Yeah. I mean, I've been on Broadway a couple times. And so it's like I was trained to do that as a young kid. And mm-hmm. and um my husband's always so sweet. He's like, I want you to get back to theater. Um, but because he knows that that's like truly if I were to strip away everything, like that's my my heart and soul. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I think that I have a really complicated relationship with the talents. With yeah. having them or? With, with them, like using them. I don't mm. want to even like dust off those skills because I will... I will literally get back into that mindset of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this right. Yeah. What's the point? It's hard. I think like a lot of my, in the recent months even, I started taking this new acting class and it's sort of like revolutionized the way that I think about it. And I completely am able to now with like a couple months practice at this, like separate Rivka get Rivka out of the picture because Rivka's not this character. Mm. Like Rivka's just the vessel for the character mm. and trying to just get my thoughts out of the way because my thoughts are not in service to the character or the story. Um, and that is really helping me, at least with my self-tapes. I was getting really good feedback on them. Um, and then strike. I know, I know. So, okay, so how are you feeling about everything? I've, I, what's the update? It feels like how I felt when COVID shut everything down. Mm-hmm. I was about to open for a bunch of amazing standups that I look up to so much right before the pandemic. And those gigs all got canceled. And I had just moved back to LA after working on a series of amazing indie films mm-hmm. that I was so excited about. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic hits. And it feels very eerily similar to that now. Because I, you know, my my short film had a couple of premieres and a feature that I worked on is supposed to come out around Halloween. And Are we talking about Gianna? Yeah, Gianna. Which was produced and filmed in a non-struck contract. Yes. So you're able to talk about it. Yes, yeah. this is true. So Gianna, like, had, um, we, we had a couple of screenings at festivals and um, there was, like, this big deadline article about it. And those are, like, you know. That's not the kind of press you want. No. Right? If they're, like. Is it was it saying like what are they doing kind of thing? The deadline article? Yeah. No, it? it was it was good. It was, oh, it was positive. Just to, okay, great. to announce that um Jack Blackhead like uh, associate produced it. Oh my god and helped what? me with it. Yeah. Which was which was so oh. cool of him. I mean, he's he's really iconic. So you had a good relationship with him? Yeah, he's incredible. Like I I I'd love to hear that. Went um to Paramount the other day for for picketing with him. That's so I dope. messaged him. I was just like have you gone to any of the studios yet? And he was like, no, I've been wanting to. I was like, well, let's go to Paramount on Monday. And then he was there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was amazing. And it was great to watch people interact with him. And and I think it's really important for, for um, like the working actors um, to see their heroes on the picket lines. Like yeah. I saw some of my heroes the other day. I saw Aubrey Plaza and Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin on the picket lines. And I was just like, So wow. you don't think that it's like performative. You don't think that it's like, you think that it's like they're using their platforms for good. It's yeah. not like, look at me, I'm networking. This is just kind of a cheesy. No, I think, I think that, 
I mean, there's potential for that. I know people that are doing it for that reason. I definitely am not going to name any names, but I do know people that are using the strike to pitch their projects. And I go, like, while they're striking, do that. Oh, God. Um, But I don't think, like, you know, Aubrey Plaza and Jane Fonda, I mean, Jane Fonda is famously, like, really, really in um, politically politically Mm -hmm. charged Mm -hmm. and, like, has been arrested so many times for being a hot activist. Mm -hmm. Um, Important that I say hot. Um, (laughs) That was somehow important. Don't sexualize her. I'm not. She's just, is she not? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's important for, um, for people to see their heroes out there mm. on the picket lines because we're all in the same union. Yeah. Like, yeah, they might be in a different, they are definitely tax in a different bracket. tax bracket, yeah, but yeah. still like seeing the support. And um, I think seeing like The Rock, who's like one of my big time heroes, like donating to the actors fund and stuff Mm. like that. That doesn't feel performative to me. Mm -hmm. That feels like action. It feels like action, like action, whether performative or not is still action. Like it's Mm. hopefully helping. Um, And yeah, I mean, we'll get there. I hope we get there. I just want entertainment. I want to be entertained and I want to be in entertainment. Like, and entertainment is fucking dying because there's nothing good to watch anymore on the on the streamers. Like at this point, I've watched everything new <laughs> and digested so much media, and now I've kind of turned you could always to watch watching my podcasts. Okay, we're yeah. like on YouTube and, and nonstruck, and we're nonstruck, and we are doing everything we can to to be union strong here. So, okay, yeah. let's take the tattoo tour. Tattoo tour. Okay. Well, my first tattoo was a brass knuckles and it is on my tit. Um, And that was when I was punching your own tit all the time. Yeah, I was. (laughs) No, it was more like tough love kind of thing because it's like over my heart. Aww. Um, (laughs) So silly. (laughs) Um, But I don't regret it because I look at it. I go, oh, wait, you were how old? I was 18. You were 18. That's around the time. my first semester of college Uh where I was like tough love. (laughs) Um, And then I have a bunch. I mean, I'm not going to do the whole thing, but this is a fun one. It says maybe Mm -hmm. the first song I ever sang in front of an audience was maybe this time in like a musical theater review. Mm -hmm. Um, The song is from Cabaret, one of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. I've got this like Venus sign. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I got this little guitar lyre um, with ivy leaves around it. And then I recently, very recently added this little uh, swirl on. The artist did not plan this out. She kind of just drew it on me freehand. Wow. Um, she's incredible. Um, and they're all different. They're all black with no mm-hmm. color, right? But yeah. they're all very different. Like that's what they call, I think, American. Tra- is it more American traditional? The this lyre? One? Yeah. Okay. It's more traditional than the others. Right, right. Um, I have this like chrome lady. My grandmother, um, she, by the time she had passed, had like a bunch of like hip replacements and like metal knees and stuff. And so she called herself like the bionic grandma, which I thought was really cute. So I got that for her. That's so sweet. Chikatita, favorite song. Also (laughs) plays a huge uh, role in Gianna. Mm. And I don't know if I can plug this, but it is (laughs) just a song. But my cover of Chikatita. Yeah which I used in the film Gianna is on Spotify if anyone wants to listen to it. It's kind of like a sexier, like smokier, Lucy Dacus-ish cover of Chikatita by ABBA. Um, I have, this is a little like chain link, mm-hmm. which is representative of the song The Chain by Fleetwood Mac. A lot of my tattoos are for songs. I love that though. I'm inspired by songs very easily. Um, this is for actually for Kevin Clark, who played Freddie in School of Rock, who passed away uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's the drum, the snare drum. And then it he, says- What did he pass away from? 
He was in a bike accident. Oh, okay. It was really a freak accident, really tragic Six. and random as fuck. And I had like, I had been recording my podcast at the time and he was like supposed to come on the next week. And then mm. he like died the day after we like Dude. scheduled it. It was fucked up. That is so fucked up. That happened yeah. That happened with Aaron Carter. With yeah. Me, and oh, it, it God. Was, it was pretty shitty. Yeah. He, yeah. That's so heartbreaking, rough. Aaron Carter. Well, look, I think like in general, like, child stars are at risk and i think that like as they grow up like the trauma is is uh it grows over time in ways that are is kind of incalculable because no one's really doing like all the data the deep dive data no um so until that happens i am a broken record it is what it is i think people by now are like christy shut up about it but i like I, how can i not talk to you about it because right. i i kind of want to share authentically because I've been so removed from this community. In fact, like we are so dislocated from one another. There's no like clubhouse that we all meet no. at. There's no bar that we all go to. And if there was, it would be Hyde probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's crazy. I, I host a, I host a little like full moon party with my fiance and we, we host it every month and it's really fun. And it's like for, I mean, it's not just a queer event. It's for everybody, but it's for people who are into like magic and witchcraft and and astrology and tarot readings and the moon mm -hmm. um and people who like a good time mm -hmm. um we set up a little beading station where people can make little friendship bracelets mm -hmm. and we have tattoos this is actually i got the little palm tree oh yeah did you just have the event because we was just a had it on on uh sunday oh fun and i got the palm tree and then i got this little clam it's with a really pearl. cute this is a matching tat that i got with one of my best friends and with my partner Aww. um 818 which is also an area code but it's also my birthday. I love that you have a pasta with a heart on it. Pasta. That was a West Village random <laughs> I ass want that now. two in the morning tattoo that <laughs> I, I got that. a couple months ago. And do you regret it? No, because not you at all. Love fucking I'm pasta. always going to love pasta. I wanted a heart with something in it. And I was just like, what do I want in the heart? And then I was like, what's something I'm always going to love? And I was like, immediately pasta. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. Even, even if I uh, <laughs> develop like a celiac thing where I can't eat gluten There's anymore. There's gluten-free pasta. There's gluten-free pasta, honey. Yeah. And it's really, actually, there are some good ones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like this this full moon party and Allison Stoner was there. <gasps> and I was like. Oh my God, I love her so much. And it was much. our first time meeting. Shut up. You guys are going to be besties. Real life. And it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then like, um, and Scout Willis was there too, okay. Bruce and Demi's daughter. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I like randomly know her from like witchy community stuff. Mm. And like, it was just wild to see like these like fellow, like your vibration is like star people. Like. <laughs> I was just like, we're all at this like I sexy. I should get her on this. She's pretty cool. Scout? Yeah. Scout's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's really fun too. Yeah. I'm sure y'all would have a, probably a really deep witchy conversation really too. yeah i love this there needs to be a witchy podcast i'm thinking of of rebranding my child star podcast into a witchy podcast my goodness so then you have one of these i did for a podcasts. while it got exhausting mm -hmm. um to produce on my own mm -hmm. um but it was called where are we now and it had the best theme song ever honestly <laughs> it was sure like it where are we now and i was like um, when I brought it to my music producer, I was like, can we give the energy of like, this is what dreams are made of from the <laughs> Lizzie McGuire movie. And I had like a bunch of people, I had Andrea Lewis and, and oh, yeah. um, Clayton Snyder and a bunch oh, yeah. of people. We, we shared, we I'm, shared a lot of guests. I love that. Yes, yeah. I know. But it was just so fun. And 
Um, and I it's just, still, can people still go see it? They can listen to it on okay. s- wherever you get podcasts. It's sure. called Where Are We Now? Okay. Um, and like, honestly, even if you just listen to the theme song, that would make me very happy. Aww. And then some of the episodes are just me by myself kind of talking about certain things mm-hmm. like my name um, and how I, you know, got there. Um, Wait, and we didn't talk about your name. We yeah. Did, we mentioned it before. Yeah. Okay. We, well, we were talking about Latin and like roots of words and stuff. And, yeah. and Hebrew is the same where it has like, you know, a certain formation of letters will mean a thousand different things. And the letters that make up the name Rivka mean boundaries, which is hilarious. So um, Because I sort of don't have any. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have them now. I used to not. Right. But then it's also bondage, which is kind of sexy and kinky. But oh. then there's also like bond, bonding, mm. what we're doing. Mm. I'm very good at bonding. Um, and bounty. But yeah, Rivka means a lot of things, but my favorites are boundaries, bondage, and and bonding. Yes, me too. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I just think it it's fun to look into the like etymology of your name. It is. Yeah. Did, I mean, was there a reason why they named you with your parents? Like, well, it's it's my Hebrew name. Mm-hmm. I I uh originally was named Rebecca, but I don't go by that anymore. I kind of just like You're Rivka. took on. Yeah, I took yeah. the Hebrew name back and reclaimed it, you I know. I like that. Um and and I've yeah, I've gotten a lot of that. Like people going like I was at an audition for a musical non-struck contract, don't worry, a couple of weeks ago. Hate that we have to say that. It's like when um, with COVID, when you go on a vacation, it's like we all were quarantined for two weeks, texted, Mm -hmm. tested negative, all masks, social distanced. It's like, it feels like that again. It does totally feel like that. And it feels disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And I want it to be over. I I want us to get what we need. We're doing this. We're talking right now. We're doing it right now. We're pivoting. They want us to pivot, by the way. Yes. They told us, they're like, you if you can, please pivot. Pivot from? They, from just from strike figure talk. out a way to have conversations and do podcasts and like be together mm-hmm. right now without like doing the thing that they're yeah. asking us not to do kind of thing. So we're right. still here. We're still alive. And, our- and I'm so grateful that we're like able to to have this chat because yeah. even like running into Allison and Scout the other night and like being around that unique but not that unique experience that we all have as former child actors performers mm-hmm. um slash like children of famous people etc mm-hmm. like it's nepo babies nepo babies as so it were i am not a nepo baby um unless you consider having like dennis rodman be your like unofficial godfather being that's a nepo dope. baby that's dope it is pretty cool <laughs> yeah he actually um he was hanging out with my dad the other day and they called me and he was just like i'm so proud of you like on the phone no, that's not how he sounded <laughs> my husband smoked weed with him one time and in at, at like a house party when he was in a high school I in orange county i bet it was so fun he is very fun too <laughs> He was like, I thought he was drunk so with. dope. He yeah. was so dope. I loved him so much to just yeah. show up at our party, smoke our weed, and then I think he bounced. That sounds about right for Uncle <laughs> Come Dennis. Come on, he was Dennis Rodman. Like, he was the coolest guy ever back Truly. in the day. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I had a burp trapped in my throat. Um, But yeah, I okay. mean. Would you live anywhere else but LA? No, I, I feel like if I wasn't in this industry, I would maybe want to live in New Orleans just because I love New Orleans so much. I can see that. I love New Orleans so much. They do film there. Yeah, they film a ton there. And one of my best friends is there and her and her fiance live there and and my my fiance has a lot of family there. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be great. Um, And then my fiance is from the Bay Area from a town called Danville. Mm -hmm. Um, Not to be confused with Phineas and Ferb Danville. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she 
she grew up there and every time I'm back there, I'm like, I could live here. Mm. Like I could live here for half the year mm. in the suburbs of, of San Francisco and You're just like kind my of suburban like, life. Yeah, weirdly. <laughs> It's funny, I think about how black and white of a thinker I was before I got sober and kind of connected with like a power outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And I say that with like a rolled eye, but I actually am really passionate about the spirituality in my life. And I'm mm -hmm. really grateful for how that's manifested and, and morphed and changed as me kind of growing into this uh, Rivka that I am today. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I I was always very much like, I'm a city girl. I'll always be Tough a city love, girl. Baby. I'm from Chicago. Right on the boob. I will only live in Chicago or New York or LA. <laughs> and now I'm kind of like, you know what sounds great? Greece. Be yes, girl. Greece. Live being my mama me a fantasy. Yes, like being having soft. a cottage core aesthetic for a cottage minute. Cottage core aesthetic. You're yeah. Just like living your in your in your femme era right now. Wearing white, being barefoot Aww. in a forest. I'm so happy you're in a good place. I mean, right? Are you? I don't want to suppose yeah. that. Yeah, I'm in a good place most days. Yeah. I mean, I um, this this aura ring. Not to plug aura, but I I could if I you know if they wanted to sponsor me. But like this sponsor ring her, tells me that I'm sleeping really well, which is I think contributing to my mental health. Uh -huh. And then there are some days where, like today, I randomly got this pang of feralness. Yes, not that being feral is bad, but you I just I was, brought it around. You are very good at this. Thank you. That's all the way back from the beginning of this talk. Storyboarding. <laughs> World building. Um, Rivka cinematic universe vibes. Um, that is a thing that I actually want to happen. I'm manifesting it. Um, mm -hmm. But a queer yeah. comic. Yeah. A uh, queer comic book. Yeah. Oh my God. Comedic queer comic, comic, comic book. Mm -hmm. I love. Mm -hmm. I, okay. Superhero vibes. Mm -hmm. um, superheroes on my list, like of things that I would like to accomplish, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and every day, like, you know, is a journey towards those bucket list items but also well, i'm like the more so you're sober right so, yeah the longer that you're sober i think the more clarity you can get towards like what it is you want to do yeah like the vision all. yeah and honestly i don't even think you need to be an alcoholic to benefit from sobriety no not at all i just i honestly think that like you know the the numbing and the the self-medicating even yeah. if it's on like a, a manageable scale like I, it didn't work for me that's for sure but like i can yeah. i can i can just i can just kind of figure that Folks make better decisions when they're clear-headed. That's all. Yeah, my my fiance has been sober for a year uh, and some change, and she's a completely different person without alcohol and weed and other stuff in her life. And you know, I don't necessarily know if she is an alcoholic or not. I definitely right. know she wasn't cute when she was drunk. Like, but <laughs> I can't diagnose her as anything. Mm -hmm. But what I do see now is like just the radical shifts in her life that. Does eliminating she, the drinking. Does she see it now? Yeah. That's what I was saying. It's like when people start to see the benefits of sobriety, it's like so fun. Because she got it like, right away too. You're like, yay, like keep going. Yeah. Lightning McQueen, go, go, go. I mean, it was kind of radical. Like I, the second I removed alcohol and drugs and like certain relationships and certain types of relationships out of my life. I mean, I did like a full couple years. I mean, two yeah. years of not necessarily c celibacy, but like no men no people I didn't like. Cause I was like, I had a habit of dating people I didn't like, which is so silly. Um, mm. And and just, you know, attention well, that's seeking. The, that's the boundary part of- Yeah, of Rivka. <laughs> of Rivka. <laughs> but when I, when I got boundaries and gave myself little, not rules, but just guidelines for dating mm. and stopped drinking and stopped doing drugs, my whole world just cracked open and, mm. and it got so much bigger than, than 
the thought in my head was always, you have to book something that's bigger than School of Rock so that you are not deemed the girl from School of Rock for the rest of your life. And that was always at the like back of my mind. But now like I'm able to share nostalgic content and, and post stuff on the picket lines with Jack Black and also make an amazing film or write an amazing song or do a live show and not be so plagued by that thought of like, you're never gonna be anything more than, I don't know why I just became my grandma. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Audrey. She's here. She's that, talking to me through my tattoo. That's the ghost though. The ghost is definitely like an old Hollywood like woman. Yeah. That, that was mummified and they found her here. Oh, and, not mummified. Oh my gosh, that really happened. Really? I could talk to you forever. I want to go on a freaking ghost tour. You're a vulnerable co-host now. You're officially going to join this this podcast. Slay. I I had such a good time chatting with you. Thank and you I know for we're having at time. me. I, sure. I mean, I, I hope I was a decent listener. Um, me too. And um, I think you're you're just I, I see so many similarities in us that it makes me just want to like fight for you and um, you know just. Just know that we will be calling you soon, Allison right. and myself, and our coalition of child performers will be. Yes. It's not ours, I should say, but she's been extremely supportive of, it's, I guess, my coalition. And we're going to be doing things in the future that I think we're going to be really just like, it's going to be like Avengers Assemble. I love that. Well, <laughs> I would love to be a part of any sort of action-based organization around like just better conditions for child actors, child performers. Can I ask you a question? When yeah. you're on the picket line, if you start asking around about maybe like who we could maybe talk to about this, because I feel like we should probably bring it into like the, the contract. Yeah. I'll check it out. I know some strike captains. Okay, cool. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank for you watching. for having me. And also go, go follow Rivka. Yes. Can, are you on Cameo? I'm on Cameo. Okay. I'm on, uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, OnlyFans, um, Cameo. I'm sorry. She's on OF, y'all. Yeah. Come on now. I've joined, I've joined the troops. Please go see her on OF. I was yeah. like, <laughs> it's a fun time. That is the only place where I perform for men. I mean, for everyone, I guess. For right? everyone, yes. There, there are people that are not men who subscribe to my OF, but. Yeah, I mean, it took a long time to get over the fear of what might happen if I opened one. But then I was just like, I would rather be financially stable than be living a life of shame and fear and guilt around this stuff. And I'm having a blast on on OF. So I'm so on. proud of you. Thank I know you. people want to like always be like, why are you going to glamorize this? That I'm like, you know what, fuckers, you try it. It's the oldest profession. Yeah. Haters going to hate, baby. Ugh. Don't Slay. hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> it's giving eras. <laughs> Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Vulnerable Podcast. To check out clips from the pod, check out the Vulnerable Podcast Clips channel, and the YouTube link is in the description. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>